Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I'm Jeannie. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I want to welcome Laura, our newcomer. If, if, uh, if food is a problem for you, Laura, compulsive overeating, you're in the right place. And I welcome, I welcome you. Um, and I want to thank Tony for asking me to speak. Tony and I are now Midwest neighbors, Midwestern neighbors. We're only seven hours apart, which is nothing back here because there's never any traffic on the road. Seven hours is like nothing, you know, it's fabulous to drive back here. And I also want to acknowledge and send my love and regards to all these familiar faces that helped me get abstinence so long ago in California when I first came in. And it just makes me sad because where I currently live, OA is almost non-existent and very weak. Abstinence is not important. Um, let me put it that way. Even though I'm being recorded, I'm going to stand by my word because I, I did attend meeting back here, but I don't attend them. Uh, don't attend it now. So um, so I'm going to tell you, even though a lot of you on this board have heard my story, many of you could actually say my story, and I'm sorry to bore you to tears, but I do want to always speak to the newcomer. And it's not just Laura tonight. Sometimes even after my 33 and a half years, I feel like a newcomer. So I'm going to speak to anybody tonight who feels like a newcomer. And um, so what it was like, um, well, I was uh, born <laughs> in, in, in the country in Pennsylvania. I had a beautiful childhood. I worked on my grandfather's farm. I grew up in a very beautiful part of the Pennsylvania, believe it or not. They filmed two movies where I was born. One was The Deer Hunter with Bob De Niro over 30 years ago. I'm sure you know that. They filmed it 20 minutes from my hometown, a tiny coal mining town. And the other one was um, Witness with Harrison Ford with the Amish people that live about two hours from where I was born. So you can see how the beautiful place that I grew up in. But food was everything, and it was my top priority since my childhood, believe it or not. At first, food represented to me love, and we had plenty of it. We had gardens, cows that we, you know, animals that we butchered on my grandfather's farm, chickens that we chased, cows that we milked, blah, 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 kittens, everything, you name it. And um, so food at that time represented love. And then over time, um, it became comfort and an escape. So here's, here's some numbers, first of all, my goodness. Uh, I'm absent at 33 and a half years. I'm maintaining 121 pound weight loss. Um, I, before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I gained and lost nearly 700 pounds. I had a very lucrative career in Beverly Hills, California, Santa Monica also, and that afforded me to go to every place in the world, and I did, and write a check on how to get skinny, and I did. I got skinny a lot of the times, but I couldn't stay thin because no one taught me how to live life and stay thin, so I could never stay stopped. I stopped a lot. Lock me in a cage for six months and feed me carrots. I'm going to get skinny, okay? And, you know, I'm a nutritional wizard. Um, I, can I can look at the food and tell you all the nutrients in it because I've been to so many nutritionists. I'm a nutritionist without a license. 
I'd been to doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, psychiatrists, nutritionists, fat farms, cosmetic surgeons, clairvoyants, and fortune tellers, seeking an answer to why I could not stay thin because I'm five foot eight. Um, I, I gained a loss nearly 700 pounds before coming to program in June of 1989 on 23rd and Wilshire, where they actually lawn bowl up there at that little clubhouse. Maybe it's still there beside the Jack in the Box. But um, so that was my life in high school. I had to lose 30 pounds. I gained 30, lost 30, gained 50, lost 50, gained 70, lost 70, gained 85, lost 85, gained 100, lost 100, gained 120, lost 120, gained 100. And I thank God none of the surgeries that are available today to compulsive overeaters and obese people were not available during my time because I would have had them. And I've known two people who have actually died from those surgeries, but that's an outside issue uh, in any case. So I was uh, I was a tortured creature, fat, skinny, fat, skinny, fat, skinny. And not only do I want to talk about the the this, the morbidity of the disease physically, but also the emotional, the emotional part of the disease. Um, I was a liar, a procrastinator. I did not face reality. I lived in a fantasy in my head. Um, I just played out scenarios that never even took place or would take place. Um, I just hid my anger. I never spoke up. I was very deceptive. I just was never honest with you or myself. It's a threefold disease. Not only was I obese many times, but also it's a physical. It's in our book, big book. It's a spiritual malady, and I have an emotional disorder, instability, and immaturity. And that, that coupled with my physical allergy to excess food, that was like throwing gas on the campfire. And plus, I had a spiritual malady. I thought I was the beginning and the end of the universe, the cat's pajamas, all, ba all that in a bag of chips or whatever they say out there. So that was my spiritual malady. And I just searched around the world. I had a, had a big career, as I told you, but I was miserable. Now, I'm going to describe my bottom for those of you. For anybody who thinks that, you know, success, material, being happy, jet setting is, 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 is the end all that can conquer compulsive overeating. It can't. It cannot. I had a beautiful home on the ocean in Pacific Palisades. Um, I had a, a fantastic job, traveled all over the world. I was single at the time. Um, do whatever I want, bought whatever I want. I had a housekeeper. I had a gardener. I had a cook at that time. And this is this is in the late 80s. This is in the mid 80s. And a cook at that time meant that she delivered 21 meals to my back patio in a cooler. She wasn't in my house. She just delivered 21 meals in a styrofoam container, 721 containers of styrofoam. And um, uh, that was my bottom. How do you like that? Traveled all over the world, went wherever I went, wherever I wanted to go. And I wanted to kill myself every day. That was my bottom. That was my bottom. And I had to go. I just had to go. There was nothing left out there for me to try to pay for, to consult with, because none of them were like you on this board tonight. Not one of them. All those Beverly Hills shrinks that I went to, and anybody who is a shrink on a psychiatrist on this board, believe me, they, they're noble occupations, therapists, noble occupations, but they don't touch, they never touch the disease of compulsive overeating. Not once did they come close to it. 
once, like all of you did, like all of you can tonight. I can call any one of you on this board right now and you could explain the disease to me and help me get out of it because, you know, I have it and we have it. So what happened is I lost. So here I am gaining and losing, you know, and, and this is so I would be a size six, tiny, tiny, five foot eight. Uh, you know, wearing three band-aids on the beach and, and as a bikini, you know, <laughs> at Will Rogers Beach in those days, not now, that's for damn sure. But, uh, you know, gravity and mother nature. But, and then that's in July, I'd be tiny, thin. And then at Christmas, you would see me, I was a mama cast lookalike. I'd have a black muumuu on with the poinsettia corsage on. I just gained a hundred pounds in six months. And you would come up to me and say, what, what the hell's the matter with you? And I would say, well, don't you know, I was never inside of my own hula hoop. I minded everybody else's business. I was a political expert. I was a media junkie. Um, I just conquered the world by sitting on my couch, binging my brains out and watching the news 24-7. And that made me queen of the universe. And I, as I said, I also got involved in other things besides politics you know, the world events, my neighbors, and you name it. And that is exactly why I gained and lost 700 pounds before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, because I process life through excess food. I process life through excess food. If here comes a feeling, better get rid of that baby fast. I had to go and stand in line at the post office and sign for a registered letter. Binge my brains out at the 7-Eleven before I went to the post office on 5th Street. Um, I win the lottery, which I did not. But I got a new client, a multimillionaire client. Reward myself. Binge my brains out. I compulsively overate to comfort myself when I had a bad day. And I compulsively overate when I reward, I re, to reward myself when I had uh, when I had a good day or a bad day. No matter, I just said that in reverse. But no matter what day, raining, binge, sunny, binge. I that was my oxygen, compulsive overeating, and I was pursuing a high that could never be achieved again. I was eating more and enjoying it less, binging my brains out. And I would drive down Lincoln Boulevard in, in West at Santa Monica and go, and you guys are so lucky. I'm lucky too. All these new restaurants out there, all this exotic food. I mean, my heart is broken when I go grocery shopping. It's like, where the hell were you 33 years ago, for God's sake? I had to go through a lot of work 33 years ago to put together a binge. Now you just pick up the damn phone and it comes to your doorstep. Holy crap. But what I'm getting at is I would drive down Lincoln Boulevard and um, go to order all these to-go restaurants and drive home with this wobbly stack of styrofoam containers in the passenger seat, trying to get back to my apartment at that time while it was still hot. And here comes a stroller crossing the crosswalk with a young mother. And I have to stop, of course, right? And I'm screaming, get out of the crosswalk. I mean, think about the insanity of that behavior. So fast forward, I lost two friends to this disease, my two best girlfriends. One took her life and one died as a result of compulsive overeating. She was a childhood diabetic. So I jumped in bed and try, and just ate my brains out. That's how I mourn. I don't know about you before a program. I jumped in bed and gained 60 pounds and closed the, drew the drapes, disconnected the phone, and didn't come out. I had a job that they didn't care whether I showed up or not as long as I made money for the firm. So I was in bed for like six months, and I started writing my eulogy. 
and I was going to kill myself. You know why? Because there was nothing left on the planet that could fix me that I knew of. Not one more, not one more professional was out there. And I wrote my eulogy. I was drawing my tombstone, Black Ebony from Africa. I had to write my eulogy because you guys would never do me justice, God forbid. I had to write my own damn eulogy. But so in any case, um, and so someone called and said, I told them, I didn't tell them I'm going to kill myself. I said, I'm just out of ideas. I got to go. I got to go. And I didn't want to go. I was crying, pacing back and forth in my kitchen. I knew I had to go, but I just could not go. I just, I was scared to kill myself. Because so I always get stopped on the streets in L.A. As, as Mama Cass's look-alike. Oh, my God, you're Mama Cass. Can I have your autograph? I'd say, you idiot. She died a year ago. Watch the damn news, for God's sake. I'm not Mama Cass, but I look like her. You know, 262 pounds, five foot eight, moo-moo, big bushy hair. And in those days, we had earth shoes. This was before Birkenstocks, earth shoes. So um, I had to go. I just had to get off the planet. And I was crying. I wasn't crying for myself. I was crying for the damage and the suffering that I would incur upon my family. They would ask, what, what happened to you? What, what did we do wrong? I've had many people in my life commit suicide, seven of them, some in this program. And it's the survivors that suffer more than the person who is now in heaven. So, but then guess what? My friend called and she said, go to Overeaters Anonymous. And I went up the street to 23rd in Wilshire, that little clubhouse. And this is what happened. I walked in there and I was home. I saw Richie there. A lot of you remember Richie and um, Roz and Lonnie and, um, and, you know, Jack, Terrell, Tony, Karen, you know, Randy and um, just Miriam. And so what ha- I would go in this meeting and here's what I found. People like me, I thought I walked into a modeling agency is what I walked into. Because in those days, I'm sure California does, but not back here. In those days, people took abstinence serious. Man, the first thing we got on in those days was drop the food. Stop eating. Number one, stop eating. That's what that's the message I got in 1989. Stop the food. Don't like get into the steps and the food will diminish. Mm-mm, mm-mm. My first sponsor was stop eating compulsively. That's hard. But then I had to pick up the steps faster. I would be eating. So I walked to this modeling agency and sure enough, but I had the right meeting and I saw all of you there. I saw people whose children were hurt in a motorcycle accident. You lost your job, your house burned down, you wrecked the car. Not only were you not eating, you didn't want to eat. I wanted that freedom. I know how to not eat, lock myself in a cage and not eat for six months. But how do I retain that freedom when life is so hard? Life is so unjust. Life is so unfair. So I was home. I found my home. Thank you. So I took, I was like a duck to water. I got a sponsor. I got into service. They said, get in the middle of the herd because the wolves pick the ones off on the outside. I got a sponsor. I go to meetings. I did service. And you know what? I melted like a stick of butter in a hot frying pan. I dropped 120 pounds in the middle of the herd. Because it is a program of action. Action is the magic word. Action in the middle of the herd. And so here I am, 8,000 years later, 8,000 meetings later, 8,000 plus meetings later. What do I do today? You know, how, what it's like today? What I do today is the same thing I did then. I still have a daily routine. You can talk to me after the meeting or one or call me. I'm in the Eastern Standard Time. So I have a daily routine in OA. 
It has not it has not changed for 33 and a half years. My daily routine is like the Olympics. In the morning, I have an opening ceremony, and at night, I have a closing ceremony because I have to be in the middle of a structured day. Um, I pray. I have a sponsor. I go to meetings. I write. I try to sponsor. It's hard to find sponsees who really want what I have, who want to be thin. I mean, I can only sponsor obese, obese people. I can't do bulimics or anorexics. I can't relate to that. But so I go to meetings and um, it's and life's hard. I mean, life's life's not easy, but, you know, it's not it's not all puppies, bunnies, kittens and unicorns just because I got thin. Life continues to happen. I'll tell you what I did, ladies and gentlemen. I came in in June of 1989 and I used excess food to process life. It's all I did. You know, life. That's how I process food. X a process life. I came in June of 89. I saw all of you who inspired me and motivated me, you miracle people. And I traded in food for the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. And that's what I did. Like you go to the car dealership, you turn in your old car, you drive off with the new car. That's what I did. I turned in the old tool of compulsive overeating and I picked up the new tool of the 12 steps and Overeaters Anonymous from that day forward one day at a time. A lot of tragedies have occurred in 33 years. I've lost all of my family. One of my brothers is 60 from this disease, but and I have yet to gain or lose, let's say five pounds or seven pounds. And that gets off real fast because I'm real strict on my weight and my clothing. I, I don't weigh, I use my clothing as a, as a gear. And I'm wearing the same clothing for 25 years here. But, and then on the flip side of the tragedies and the flip side of that, I've had some, uh, some unbelievable good fortune that has befallen me in 33 years. And I don't celebrate over that. I, you know, the 12 steps works in Siberia like it works in Hawaii. And I see that my time is up, but I just want to close with and welcome Laura, that this is where the action is for a compulsive overeater like me, who my natural state is to compulsively overeat. That's my natural state. So I'm just so happy to be here. And, um, I can't wait to hear from everybody in my uh, my my clan here, my tribe. Anyway, thank you so much.